This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. Thanks for joining me today. While you're here, please make sure to like and subscribe. Hit the red button. If you're listening to this on podcast, please make sure to leave a review as this allows my content to get in front of more people. Today, I'm super excited to have JC as well as Barbara. JC is known as Lady Carnivory and she's been doing carnivore for about two years. She's been very strict meat only carnivore. She shares amazing carnivore recipes. If you love cooking and being in the kitchen, you have to check out her very creative recipes. But she is at Lady Carnivory and she shares a lot of her journey and she's very honest and very real. And I love that about her. And Barbara is a financial coach. She's also a big person in lifting and building muscle mass. Barbara, I hope I'm saying that right. And if you struggle with any financials or just trying to pay your bills or want a financial makeover, Um, I don't know if Barbara wants me to tell you this or not, but Barbara was able to get out of debt and then be able to buy a home in a very small amount of time. I think less than five years to get out of debt plus buy a new house. So she is a great resource when it comes to carnivore plus SERS healing, plus also trying to support yourself financially to get out of debt. They are a wealth of information in regards to chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS. They are both going through their own journey. I've been working with them since they're on this episode. I know that I could share a little bit of their health history, but、uh, we are going to talk a lot about their carnivore journey as meat only for several years, how it didn't fully heal them. And then as they've been going down the rabbit hole of SIRS, how they have become passionate about it and wanting to share. With more carnivores, if you are not healing from a meat only carnivore diet after six months, a year or two, and not all of your symptoms are subsiding, especially the fatigue, gut issues, electrolytes,、uh, maybe joint pains. I think those are the really big ones, even candida, maybe some of the autoimmune markers. But if those are not really improving and you've been honest and truly clean with your diet, I think you may want to look into SIRS. We talk a lot about the nuances of it. And their own personal journeys. And we hope that this video really is a resource of hope and knowing that even if meat only carnivore is not fully working for you, that doesn't mean that therefore give up on carnivore. It may just be another stepping stone to finding your root cause healing. Let's get right into the episode. Hi, JC. Hi, Barbara. I'm so excited to have you on. I know that we have worked together, we've talked a lot behind. The scenes. And I think a lot of people in the carnivore community really just want to have a discussion about SIRS in real talk and not just with you know, the providers and all the science y stuff. They just want to know how does this relate to carnivore. So I really wanted to have both of you on. So maybe JC, if you could get started and tell us a little bit about your story or your journey as carnivore. Hi, my name is JC. Judy, thank you so much for having us on.、Um, I've been a carnivore for about two years now and was recently diagnosed with SIRS in April. So, my journey to carnivore really starts with my journey to keto.、Um, I started that in 2017 and I had some benefits, but I've always been a very black and white person. So, 
when it was that whole thing of like, if you're over your carbs for the day, I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to eat all the carbs. So for me, I started carnivore because I thought it would be easier keto, but boy, was I wrong. It wasn't until I was actually in the carnivore community that I learned about all the extra benefits of carnivore beyond keto um, by eliminating those plant toxins. And so when I first started carnivore, I had amazing initial health benefits, um, mental health benefits, physical health benefits. And it wasn't really until I started experiencing the stuff with SIRS that um, things changed for me. And I'm Barbara. I've uh, been carnivore for a year and a half. Uh, I am a financial coach. And uh, thank you again, Judy, for having us on. I started carnivore actually because I had had gut issues for years, at least seven years. I don't know exactly when it started, but um, I tried a lot of different things like Whole30, Paleo. Um, I got into GAPS. I got into Weston A. Price. I was doing a lot of research. And basically the reason I settled on carnivore is because it seemed to fit the rules of all the aforementioned diets without like all the complications of like how much vegetable you can eat per meal and like all that other junk. So I just, um, I went for carnivore for the simplicity and it gave me, uh, energy, helped me sleep better. Um, it, like my skin improved. People were commenting on, on how I looked. I instantly lost like 15 pounds, but it was like water weight inflammation, you know, that sort of thing. And people took notice right away. Um, so that was motivating and that helped me carry through. But I will say that my digestive issues persisted. They literally never got better. The, and I've been carnivore for a year and a half now. Um, and at the six month mark, I thought, Hmm, this sucks, but maybe I just have a lot of healing to do. And I tried carnivoring harder. You know, I went beef only. I dropped this, cut dairy, did that, um, all this stuff. Uh, and nothing worked. And so finally, after a year of carnivore, that's when I decided to work with Judy and see what the root cause could possibly be. And that is when we discovered it was probably SIRS. So that's where I'm at. So JC, I know you said that you were two years carnivore and Barbara, you were about a year and a half. Have you guys been pretty much meat only carnivore where you weren't really adding carbs? And then if, whether that is true or not, what, what made you decide that maybe carnivore isn't the root cause issue for you, that diet is not the only thing that's making you unwell. So for me, um, I've always been meat only carnivore. I've never incorporated, um, carbs outside of like some cheese sometimes. Um, my health declined after I prepped for a bikini competition as a carnivore. Um, I was under eating and um, eating a very high protein ratio. And I think that that contributed to the ultimate downfall of my health. Um, I think that I'm kind of a unique case in the carnivore space and that I went carnivore and then my health actually got worse. Um, so I believe what happened is I was exposed to a biotoxin and it actually tri triggered an autoimmune condition that I had had my entire life, but just never knew about. Um, so when that was triggered, my health declined really rapidly. Um, I had very specific symptoms that led to a diagnosis of ankylosing spondylitis. And um, it wasn't until the medications that typically work for that autoimmune condition just weren't an option for me that I started wondering if maybe there's something else that's going on here. And Judy, you reached out to me and you were like, this could be SIRS. So that was a super helpful point in the right direction. Because that's one thing I will say, it's pretty frustrating as someone who was experiencing such detrimental health issues. Um, everyone says like, oh, it's an autoimmune condition. It's a chronic illness. And you're just supposed to be okay with that and not question it or wonder if perhaps there is something else behind the autoimmune condition. Before we move on to Barbara, was there ever a time where people were saying, oh, it's because of your carnivore diet that now you have more sensitivities? I hear that a lot in the carnivore space where now you have a histamine uh, issue because you went carnivore. Now you're sensitive to all foods. Whereas if you just never went that way or changed the diet that way, did you ever feel that it was actually the diet that made you unwell? Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. 
We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. I never thought it was the diet itself. I do think that under eating and eating too high of protein might have contributed to it, but I've only ever felt better the more um, high fat carnivore approach I have. I don't have all of the negative health impact that I get from plants on top of already being sick. So I would have to say, I don't think it's carnivore at all. I think um, people can have an incorrect approach to carnivore, especially if they're under eating or, you know, their macros just aren't right for them and their needs. Yeah. So, um, the first year I was carnivore, I, um, I did actually have carbs, but I, I limited it to about once a month mm. and it was like a chocolate donut and that, so aside from that, um, and then yeah, the occasional cheese or butter or whatever, but, um, generally speaking now is meat only carnivore plus eggs. And, um, and I only incorporated the donut cause I am more of a moderator than an abstainer. So I just kind of did that for I guess my mental health, as far as the, uh, the SIRS diagnosis and how that all came about. Um, yeah, I didn't really feel like the carbs were having an impact either way. And I did speak with my SIRS practitioner today and he, he was, um, supportive of that as well. What made you decide that? Well, I mean, I know your story because I've worked with you, but you know, what, what did you do? Did you do some testing? Like what made you all of a sudden kind of fall into the SIRS thing? Was there any gut issues? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, my gut issues persisted throughout the whole time. And, and I knew, I knew better at this point, I had seen enough people like JC, for example, who were doing carnivore really perfectly Mm -hmm. and were still experiencing a lot of health issues. So I knew there must be some other deeper root cause that I wanted to get down to. And I know that's what you're always about, Judy. So I feel very lucky that I know you and I'm able to work with you on this. Um, I do love to kind of compare JC and I, as far as being SERS patients, because she has had some debilitating symptoms and I'm kind of okay. Like the only reason I'm digging deeper is because I'm, you know, my, my bathroom issues basically aren't the funnest thing in the world, but I've been living with them for like seven years. Like they haven't, they've gotten better or worse, like a little bit, depending on what I'm doing, or maybe just for fun, they decide to change things up on me. But, um, but other than that, like, that's the main symptom that I'm dealing with. And Otherwise I look fine. I'm not walking around like a cane with a cane, like JC was at, at some point. So, um, I, I think it's interesting to point out how differently SIRS can impact people because JC, I don't think had the like major, uh, GI issues for a long term the way I have, um, and vice versa. I've had some joint pain and issues, but if anything, carnivore cleared that up, and that really hasn't persisted as long as I am eating a meat only carnivore diet. If I was listening to this, I would think almost that carnivore doesn't work. So I want to make sure and plug carnivore in a way of, well, if it's not working perfectly for you guys, what allowed or what motivated you to stay carnivore? I'm guessing there were other benefits. And if you can just talk both of you about what the benefits were that even though everything didn't fully magically go away in terms of healing, there was enough that made you still stay carnivore. I know for me, um, I always say carnivore is like living life on easy mode. Um, because before carnivore, I had OCD and it was, that was debilitating for me too. It was difficult for me to leave my home. I had a lot of medical concerns that caused issues. Um, just from my OCD alone, I had joint pain, uh, dandruff, eczema, you name it, like just all those like little things in life that you people say are normal and you just have to deal with. And we have things like head and shoulders to take care of. But when you're carnivore, it clears so much of that up. Like there's just not all those like little annoyances and health issues that you really shouldn't have to deal with. Like uh, another big one for me was canker sores. I used to get canker sores all the time. I have not had one since I've been a carnivore. So I can't imagine trying to go through the 
SIRS or this autoimmune condition that I've been going through um, and have all of that on top of it too. It just really clears up a lot of the clutter and really gets to the root cause healing. So now I don't, I'm not dealing with all of those other extra symptoms that may confound the issue. I really know that it's SIRS and that that's the problem because everything else is just kind of peripheral and cured by carnivore. Great. Yeah, I really couldn't say it better than JC just said it. It Carnivore eliminates the variables. It gets rid of all of the other possible things that could be causing it. Um, and I've stayed carnivore similarly, like I was getting weird, painful ingrown hairs, like monthly on the dot. And car- as soon as I went carnivore, they were gone. Like, what the heck? Like, that wasn't something I expected. But, um, but all the other benefits, I, I have a lot better focus and concentration. Um, sometimes it doesn't feel like that, but again, that's SIRS, but, uh, but you know, like carnivore is improving these things still. And I know that eating such a nutrient dense, uh, diet is the best foundation for me to heal. It's certainly going to make the SIRS treatment itself go a lot better and easier for me. Um, that's what I think all of us keep hearing is that, SERS patients that are already carnivore and have been for a while fare so much better with the treatment than people who aren't. So there's a million reasons to take carnivore and I don't foresee ever letting go of carnivore and, and being very heavily meat based for the rest of my life. Um, the, the science proves it to me, how I feel proves it to me. All of the success stories that I know of proves it to me. Um, it's just a matter of clearing the SIRS out and I'm excited to feel more of that amazing, magical carnivore goodness that everyone else is experiencing who doesn't, who don't, aren't dealing with SIRS right now. Yeah. And I'll briefly talk about how I think carnivore benefits with SIRS. And then maybe if, so if you ladies can just explain what in, you know, in a very simplistic way, what SIRS is, I, I believe that the reason meat only carnivore really helps or mostly meat is really beneficial for people struggling with SIRS is at the core of SIRS is inflammation within the body that it's then when you add on layers of toxins from foods and inflammation from foods, it just makes the entire situation worse. And that's where meat only carnivore for anybody that has SIRS, if they were to just go meat only carnivore, I truly believe they will feel incrementally better. It's just, it may not get you to the highest better, but it will still make every single person that I think has SIRS feel better. So maybe a JC and Barbara, if you want to take over and explain, you know, what, what to you is SIRS? Because I'm sure a lot of people are like, what are they saying? SIRS? SIRS? <laughs> yes. I would love to know which way it's supposed to be SIRS or SIRS. I've heard both, but it stands for chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And it happens when you have a genetic predisposition to being really bad at eliminating a toxin. And the nerd in me loves that you can get your genetic haplotype done and see exactly what those biotoxins might be that you're sensitive to. Um, But essentially what happens is your body starts an immune response and it's inappropriate in the sense that it doesn't switch over to an adaptive immunist response, meaning your antibodies come in and actually start eliminating those biotoxins. So basically your body is inflamed and it's just recycling that inflammation because you're not able to eliminate the biotoxin. Yeah. I don't know that I could add much to that other than I really like the analogy that I know we've all been using. And I think our friend Faye uh, mentioned to me was um, that we have a bucket, right? And uh, just over time in our life, different things, environment, toxins, whatever's happening to us, we're just building up all of those toxins over time. And for people who are genetically predisposed to not be able to clear them, your bucket just gets full, it overflows. And then there goes the cascade of symptoms that affect kind of your entire body in some way or another. Um, And people who can clear SIRS out, which is like 75% of the population, they have no issue with clearing this out. Right. And so they just need to not be in that environment anymore and they'll get better on their own. And with people with SIRS, you have to take medication. There's no way around it. You have to go through the protocol that's been, you know, peer reviewed and clinically proven to clear it out. And then you will heal after you do that. Yes. And I just want to make clear for the people listening and watching that a lot of these toxins can be mold. So it's any type of biotoxin. It could be Lyme. It could be a tick bite. It could be a spider bite. It could be some toxin from a fish that you ate in a clean lake, or you breathed in the red tide, or it could, but mostly it's from water damage buildings from mold. 
and um, other toxins that are produced from water damaged buildings. And the reason why this specific medication, which is either cholestyramine or wall call, why it's super beneficial is it's the opposite charge and the exact fit to pair with the toxin to pull it into your bile and then remove it. And why it's not always some, you know, like the activated charcoals or the clays and all of those binders may remove other things. And so immediately your bucket may lower in terms of toxins. And so you'll feel better, but it's not really removing the SIRS part of it because it's, they're actually, a lot of them are the same exact charge. And so people may initially feel better, but they won't get better to root cause. And that's why I keep pushing that for people that have this SIRS and they cannot remove it as both of you ladies so greatly explained, they need the medication to help remove it. Otherwise, they will be chasing their tail. Sure, they'll take this type of bio um, binder, this type of clay, this type of something, and they'll feel better for a while, but it'll never move the needle enough to get to root cause healing. Yeah, super important point. So JC, do you want to share a little bit about wh- how you kind of felt right before you started the protocol and sort of where you are now and how you're feeling? Oh, wow. Right before I started the protocol, before um, before I did the blood testing and investigated SIRS, I was hopeless. I thought I would be in excruciating pain for the rest of my life. And I was just, you know, contemplating that future for myself. And if I even wanted to continue and like, that's a really dark thought to have. And it's not something I'm proud to say, but it is something I was really considering is like, can I live like this? So just having a SERS diagnosis and having the opportunity to explore something that could greatly relieve my pain was, it just gave me so much hope and just felt like this great relief. And the further I've kind of dug into SERS, the more I've realized that a lot of people could be suffering from this and not even know it. And so for me, it's just been like this passion project of sharing my journey and making sure as many people as I can tell about SIRS get to know about it. But, um, you know, I did the blood testing, found my haplotypes and nerded out about all the blood work. And um, since then, I've started a lot of the limbic retraining. I've done the lipid replacement and I've just started the binders four weeks ago. And how are you feeling since using the binders? Since using the binders, um, I would say I'm noticing a lot of improvement. I've been in less pain than I've been in in almost a year, which is just like, oh, so great. Like I was at a like level seven pain every day. So to be at like a three or lower day to day and like some days, like I'll just be sitting here and I'll just think to myself, oh my gosh, I'm not in pain right now. This is amazing. Um, so it's, it's been incredible. I wouldn't say that, um, I did my VCS two days ago and I didn't pass it. Um, so the VCS is kind of the tracker for how, you know, how the binder is working. Um, it stands for a visual contrast study. And it kind of shows your progression of treatment. Once you pass the VCS, you can move past the binder step into the next stage of the SERS protocol. Um, I am taking wall calls. So I think it's going to be another four weeks before I can pass the VCS test. But the other really big step I took was getting out of a moldy environment. Uh, yeah, I can share that. I, I've i just been doing the, the lipid replacement so far, um, which is nice because I've seen an improvement in my skin. Uh, I know some of the symptoms with SIRS is like the static shock and, um, I had super dry hands, like ridiculously dry. And so I've seen that improve even just with the, the lipid replacement. So that's been fantastic. Um, but I actually just spoke with my doctor today. And so I plan to start well called tomorrow. Um, so we'll see how it goes, but, um, but yeah, like I said, I, I am, I feel very blessed that I was never in the amount of pain, uh, that JC was. And so I, I feel pretty good and I'm just really excited to see, um, what symptoms go away and and how quickly they do. I think what's really remarkable about this protocol is the more and more I have carnivore clients that are on it. I just, the people that are skeptical, I'll say, just take the meds for three to four weeks. And then you will know by then if you're healing and, and severe illnesses. Right. And I mean, even for you, JC, to say that you were in a seven and now you're at a three for the first time in a year in just four weeks, it's pretty incredible. And, and we just have to hope that you will continue to heal. And I believe you will, but it's, I mean, we we're talking about a lot of these things and I'm sure a lot of the listeners and watchers don't know what we're talking about. So the medication is cholestyramine, which is 
essentially the real reason it's used is to lower your cholesterol. So it basically binds to your cholesterol. So for carnivores that have been prepping with all this high fat in their diet, it's the perfect medication that you won't get as impacted. If you take the lipid replacement, the reason for it is essentially one, it can help reduce inflammation. It's also used as a resolvent, but it's also because every single outer layer of each cell is, has a fat around it to protect it. And if you don't have enough good fats, and then you're bi- now using a binder that removes fats, um, it can actually cause cells to go into the cell danger mode of, oh no, something's attacking the body. I just really need to shut down. And then you can't even further heal. So a lot of the carnivore clients are taking um, the, the fatty acid supports to basically ensure that there's enough quality fats around these cells so that one, once they start taking the binders, um, they'll be okay. You both are talking to a lot of the carnivore community, maybe even more so than I do other than my clients. And we, bo- we all know that there's a lot of overwhelm with this, right? Of, oh my gosh, I can, I can't be in a moldy place. Well, mold is everywhere. I live in an area that's super humid and I've had personally some clients that say, I, I refuse to test because I know I'll never be able to clean up my environment and I'm already healing so much with carnivore. And if this is the best I can feel, although it's not perfect, I'll just kind of live with it. What have your thoughts been around that sort of thinking? Oh, that's a, that's hard. Um, I think anytime you're talking about like relocation or remediation, it does feel really overwhelming. I will say that I got significantly better taking the binders, even in a moldy environment. Um, So I think maybe, I don't want to say this like definitively, but maybe the remediation isn't like the end all be all. Maybe we can get better in those moldy environments. Maybe it's just a matter of pursuing treatment diligently and believing you can get better. Um, I think that's probably more impactful. Um, I also think that, you know, if someone's just like, this is too big of a rabbit hole, I'm not going to go down it. I see those people doing a lot of things to feel okay, where they could spend that same time, money, effort into a treatment that will actually make them better. So I just question that, like, where are you spending your resources? Are you spending it on feeling okay? Or are you spending it on getting to that root cause healing, truly healing and then moving forward with your life and not needing all of those supplemental therapies to feel okay day to day? Makes sense. I also think that people, people kind of need to hit their own rock bottom, whatever that is. And like we, I think we all see, and I think a lot of us came to carnivore because we hit some kind of major rock bottom. So like with our health or, or with what, what we were trying to do and, and accomplish in our lives. So if, if someone's not feeling bad enough to go down it, then maybe it now's not the time. And this protocol will be here for whenever people are ready. Um, but I, I do think that if anyone listening is just thinking like, well, you know, I don't know, you're just kind of whatever about it. Like the vision test is easy. It's free. If you don't do the questionnaire, you, you just do it from the comfort of your own home. It's a really, um, it doesn't even seem like it, it should be able to screen any, like it's something that easy from your computer shouldn't be able to be a medical test. It didn't make sense to me at all. Mm-hmm. And I actually had my boyfriend take it. Uh, just to make sure it was legit. He passed, of course, uh, but, but I, you know, and I failed. So it, it does, it really does help you screen whether or not this is something to pursue. And it's, it's a great first step to do. I always encourage people to at least try the test, see what happens and then go from there. Um, but yeah, I couldn't agree with you guys more about like, you know, you're spending, if you spend so much time spinning your wheels it's almost like you're hoping it's not SIRS when like there's just such an easy way to figure out if it probably is. And if you do fail the vision test, um, yeah, the blood tests are not cheap. I encourage anybody listening, if they're really struggling on the financial side, please send me a message. I am a financial coach and and I, I do, this isn't like a plug for myself. I will give you free advice if you think that you have SIRS because I want people to not let that hold them back. There, there's a lot of things you can do. You can set aside a little bit of money every month if you need to. I mean, especially if you're, they're not in as much pain as JC is, then they kind of do have time. I mean, I've lived with my symptoms for seven years. So it's not right. like, 
this is going to kill you, you know, instantly, this isn't cancer. This isn't like something that, you know, to that extent. Um, so there are ways to just take a little step every single day towards your healing. And, you know, when you take things day by day, things are a little bit less overwhelming that way. So I, I am definitely here to help in that regard. When we first learn about SIRS, where you can get affected, right? So they even say that a bathroom leak, a toilet leak, a laundry overload, that all can cause water damage. And then any sign of wetness for two days will absolutely have mold and it could be behind a wall. So the fact that we can't really see it, it just seems overwhelming. And then on top of that, if you have a SIRS brain where you struggle with a lot of mental fog and fatigue and word finding and just not, it's not an I'm getting older thing, but just really that you're struggling and you have the SIRS brain where your brain is inflamed and then now kind of shrinking. It's hard to process all the information because it seems like there's a lot. Well, there's a bunch of blood work that I've never heard of. That's like alphabet soup, right? MMP9, MSH, TGF, beta, what? You know, it's, it's a lot. And, but I mean, you guys know at this point that it's, it's pretty, like step-by-step, step, it's not that difficult, but I think the minute you first get exposed to everything, it seems incredibly overwhelming. And I, the, the first session I have after the blood work, I explain to the people and most of them seem relieved like, Oh, okay. So now I just have to do like the nasal test. I just test my home and then I, I get medication. And for most people, the medication step, they already start feeling better, even if their house is not in a perfect case. And that already shows that a lot of it is SIRS related. And then if they don't heal after, and so talking about the environment, I've seen people have really bad ERMI scores or hurts me two scores. And that's, you get a Swiffer, you test your home to see what level of mycotoxins or mold is in, or spores are in your home that are, have collected in the dust, especially when they dried. And most people fail the test. I, I have one person that has not failed. And, but even with all of that, most people do not start the remediation. Sure. They might start, start some of the processes of getting estimates and things like that, but they'll start the medication. And even in that environment, they will start feeling better. And one of the providers, which both of you work with told me this really, it just made a lot of sense. He said, if an alcoholic came to the hospital and needed to pump the, his liver or stomach or something. The doctors are not going to not treat him because, oh, you're still an alcoholic. So therefore, until you're better as a non-alcoholic, we cannot treat your liver or your stomach, right? It just doesn't make sense. You cannot withhold treatment because the environment isn't perfect. And I know that totally goes against Dr. Shoemaker's rule number one, but even if some of the toxins will be removed while taking the meds, but there's still some coming in. I mean, people just want to feel better initially. And I think when they get the taste of feeling better, just like carnivore, then maybe if they start stalling and the healing and they know there's mold in their home, maybe that will then be the transition of, okay, I know I'm feeling better. We either need to move or we need to fix the room I'm staying in or the, or as best as we can. And then see if we can heal even further. But I think people just need to get a taste of, because it seems too good to be true, right? What? I just take a cholesterol binder and all my issues of mental fog, joint pain, autoimmune, they all get better. That just seems right. Right. The other aspect of that, that you can't really tell again, unless you do the digging is even if your home is a little moldy, you don't know the severity. Maybe most of it is, is it's basically like dormant and there's just some remnants of mold hanging out. And yes, it's going to give you a crappy ERMI score or whatever, but if it's, you know, there are, there are different environments and, and uh, a friend of ours, uh, well, I think we all know her. She, I think she was, she went to a, like a worse situation where the mold was really bad and it caused a flare of her, of her SIRS. And then she came back to her home, which also has mold, but she did a lot better. And because the mold is probably just uh, less extensive, you know, they're, they're just, there's different varying degrees of mold. And I think that that is definitely a factor. And it's hard to tell with, you know, the naked eye, just looking around how bad it really is there at your home. So I do, I am kind of in the, the, the camp, I guess, of thinking, you know, the medication compared to remediation 
is a lot cheaper. And yes, it's your time. You're, you're, you know, this might be a couple months of your time where you're taking this medication and you're not going to get better, but wouldn't it be better to, to spend that comparatively less money to start getting, you know, see if you get better rather than just start blowing out walls and look, you know, and spending a lot of money trying to figure out the remediation. So that's for everyone to decide for themselves, as long as obviously, you know, talking with their practitioner and, and going from there. But I think that that is an, a possibility. And so that can make it a little bit less overwhelming, I hope, for some people. The other aspect is, I think the impact of stress and trauma is really underrated yes. in terms of how it impacts our health. And one thing um, the provider that Barbara and I are seeing said to me was the stress of remediating, remediating your home or finding another place to live could actually be more detrimental to you than staying in a moldy home. And I think that's really important to consider too. Yeah, I think that's really good. I mean, I've seen people, and I know this isn't the peer-reviewed results, but I've seen people with really bad scores heal and their markers improve and a lot of healing occur. And especially people that I've worked with for a while now where they were eating the cleanest of the cleanest, the cleanest of the meats, everything you could think of to the T. And it wasn't until they took this simple medication for like three, four weeks and it's now they're turning a leaf. And it's um it's just unfortunate because this information is it's available, but not a lot of people know about it. But I do think that because carnivore funnels a lot of people with autoimmune and a lot of illness, that maybe a larger portion of carnivores are struggling with SIRS, especially the people that aren't getting better. And maybe we could talk about some of the symptoms because we haven't even really talked about that. You know, what are some of the symptoms that I should look out for that then I may even want to consider doing that vision test and um, and then going down even this rabbit hole. Oh man, it's there's a lot of them. Um, so it could be muscle cramps. Um, it could be soreness, weird pain. It could be joint pain. It could manifest as an autoimmune condition. Um, it could be fatigue, chronic fatigue. It could be uh, mental clarity, word finding, which I am struggling with right now. Um, it could even be static shock. So it serves messes with your ability to regulate electrolytes. So I would be in the same environment as other people and everything would shock me and everyone around me would be fine. It could be blurred vision. It could be red eyes. It could be GI issues. The list of SIRS symptoms is a lot. And I think that, um, you know, if someone sees this, they might be like, well, that's all of the symptoms. Um, and this is one of the really cool things about SIRS is, um, each of the symptoms are in these boxes. And so it's really targeted in terms of, do you have enough of the symptoms in enough of the boxes in order to meet the criteria? But there are, I think there's 13 different categories. And then within the categories, if you fall into even one of the, the items in those categories uh, for a child, if you fall into six, then there, and you fail the VCS test, there's a high chance that you have SIRS and that's when they recommend you to do the blood work for adults. It's falling into eight of these. So I know a lot of people will tell me, well, I used to have all of the different boxes, but now going carnivore, I don't have it. I'll recommend, okay, you could either wait and see if carnivore completely removes them. Or if you feel that it's starting to your carnivore is starting to plateau in terms of healing, then maybe we could revisit that. But I will always give that power to the, the individual. And it, I think it'll depend but Barbara, do you want to talk about some of the symptoms maybe you had with any of these items? Yeah, I, I think I ended up with like eight or nine of these boxes. Uh, okay. And and I think the the requirement's like six, right? Or is it for adults? It it's eight. It's, it's for eight. kids. It's six. Yeah. So like I said, and and even with my blood markers, they weren't terrible, which right. again kind of matches how I feel. Um, Whereas I think JC's markers were a lot more extreme, like quite a few of them were like really, really high or really, really low, you know, indicating obviously a severity of SIRS. So, um, but yeah, I hit, you know, the fatigue um, in the orange box. I hit uh, uh, like a, a decreased assimilation of new knowledge uh, and then weakness as well. I mean, I've been working, lifting weights pretty consistently for 
uh, over six months now and, um, not a big change in muscle mass. I just had a DEXA scan. I've been getting in body scans throughout the working out and I'm noticing, uh, I'm struggling on the muscle building. And of course my DHEA and my testosterone are really low. So mm-hmm. all makes sense. Um, memory impairment, decreased word finding, as I've just demonstrated during uh, this <laughs> podcast, but, uh, you know, difficulty concentrating. I do um, still have joint pain, although carnivore has definitely alleviated that. If I don't do dairy and I do clean meat only carnivore, I have no joint pain at all. Right. Um, but it definitely comes right back if I deviate. Um, AM stiffness. Uh, I get muscle cramps occasionally, but I think I've got my electrolytes dialed in to whatever I need to do, I guess. But um, and yeah. And so, uh, the rest of it, um, difficulty regulating body temperature, you know, night sweats, things like that. Um, you know, waking up because I'm way too hot in the middle of the night that will happen. Mm -hmm. Um, increased urinary frequency. Yeah. I pee a lot (laughs) and I drink a lot of water too. So, um, and then I do have some, some vision issues. Oh, there's the night sweats in, in that box as well. Um, ice pick pain is weird. Cause I, I, as soon as I read it on, on the list, I thought, oh my God, I get that rarely, but what a weird thing that I just thought was kind of like, you know, that's weird, but I didn't actually think it was connected to a condition. Uh, And obviously I got all the, you know, diarrhea land. Um, But yeah, that that's about everything that I have. And then static shocks. Yeah. What's interesting about all these different boxes is it's, um, I don't know exactly which one's tied to what, but for example, the appetite swings and the body temperature and the urinary frequency, I think that's related to ADH osmolality as well as leptin. So mm-hmm. all of them are um, tied to a certain marker that you may have been imbalanced. And then they just kind of aggregated it to be this one, um, I guess, cluster list that you can take a look at. And most people that test, they have almost every box marked, even though they don't have every single individual item. And then when they test, I haven't had a single person test yet that didn't have SIRS that t- was willing to pay that much. And what I find is so interesting, a lot of these symptoms are noticed on carnivore, right? Especially like the histamine sensitivities. Well, for example, C4A, when that marker is high, which is normally the marker for exposure, it upregulates your histamines. So then you'll have more histamine responses from what you're eating. And so I know a lot of people will say it's the meat, it's the meat that's causing my histamine sensitivity. I can't eat fish. And it's now it's, I think of, Ooh, what else may you have in terms of SIRS or when people are saying, no matter what, I cannot regulate my electrolytes on carnivore, no matter what type of salt I use or not use or electrolyte powders and drinks. And that's another thing. Now the ADH and osmolality is something that affects your mineral balance. And maybe when you're eating a bunch of carbs, because you're so inflamed, you don't realize the imbalance, but once the carbs are gone and that inflammation, now you're going to experience the true imbalances. And that's when you notice it, but it's so easy to blame the diet. And I just find it so fascinating. And then the other part is like the thyroid stuff, the appetite swings, uh, um, the night sweats and people think, oh no, it's thyroid related. It's my metabolic health is getting broken from carnivore. But I just think these things are actually showing you maybe there's something deeper because how can a really clean diet make you actually be worse? And it's just, So what do you guys recommend normally to the people that are unsure? I always say, take the VCS test. You know, if if you look at these symptoms and you have eight of the boxes, the VCS test is a really, the thing I like about the SIRS protocols, it's so step-by-step, like it's so regimented in that if like, if you don't have this, don't pass go, you don't go on to the next step. Um, But if you have 18 symptoms, take the VCS test. If you go to vcstest.com, you can take the vision test uh, one time for free. If you pass it, then stop. You know, if you eventually decide there are a small percentage of people that will fail or pass the VCS, I should say, but still have SIRS. Um, But it's a really great stopgap of like, okay, uh, maybe I just need a carnivore a little bit longer. If you do still don't get better, then maybe revisit it. But for most people, you know, if you have eight of the 13 boxes, take the VCS test and then just take it one step at a time. That's one thing I've found really beneficial about the protocol is it is, you know, this is a long-term healing. This is root cause healing. This isn't a quick fix. 
And so you have a lot of time to kind of like digest each step, move on to the next one, digest the next step. Um, Just take it one day at a time, one step at a time. You know, JC and I have like clung to each other uh, via text, uh, constant text, like uh, just kind of going through our symptoms, going through, well, what do you think about this? Well, my marker was this. What does that mean? That's usually me asking her, by the way, uh, and her helping me out. But we um, we realized through this process of being overwhelmed, having trouble processing, even your notes, Judy, you have such detailed, fantastic notes on like each marker and each thing when when you do your the blood work for us it's hard to read through. Like I had to print it out. Like I couldn't even read it on my computer. I had to print it out and like take it day by day. I actually um, wrote down individually, all of my markers, what they were, and then the normal range on my own. And that helped me process it more. So there's like a lot of, again, it's ironic how like kind of overwhelming and complicated SIRS is. And then, and yet if you have SIRS, you have brain fog, difficulty concentrating, difficulty processing information. It's a cruel trick. JC and I started a group called the SIRS group so that we could provide ourselves and other people, whoever joins as a resource to each other to provide that kind of community. Because obviously we've all seen how great the carnivore community is for helping all of us stick to carnivore, especially in the beginning when we needed that accountability um, and the encouragement and the motivation. Um, but because this is such a complicated, it's complicated, but it's step-by-step. It's real, like you said, it's so weird. Cause like when you first see it, you're like, what the crap? And then when you actually, you know, dig into it and you get used to it and you take it one chunk at a time, it becomes easier. But I, I know I needed help breaking it down into chunk by chunk. And, um, and so that's why we, we started a group so that we could provide that kind of resource with a bunch of helpful links and, and uh, videos and everything kind of in one spot uh, just to support people on that, like emotional and mental side, while they're also working with you, Judy, and, or working with a SERS practitioner to actually get the healing started. What I'll tell you is for everyone that's done blood work, I always write the notes and it's very comprehensive because I always want to give the person the option of not meeting with me so that I know that their finances are restricted. So I want it to be that everything you need to know from my mouth is on that paper. And I get it for some people. It's like, I don't need a full page of what C4A means. I just need to know, is it imbalanced or not? But just in case, but, and so clearly people still need the support because I think again, with this SIRS brain, almost every single person after is like, I still want to meet with you. And for SIRS only, I actually meet with the people. So my new patients have been essentially limited to only SIRS at this point. And everyone else gets my nutritionists, which are very qualified still, but it's, I, I get that. And so then I thought of the, there's been a few providers or in the SIRS larger community that are not carnivore that have groups. So some of my clients have gone to the groups And all of them and different types of groups have said, oh my gosh, we thought the carnivore community was messed up, but wow, these people are really unwell and, and they don't want to go anymore. And they almost feel, wow, that was unmotivating. At first they feel great. This is great. I feel realized how important carnivore is to the healing, but then when they go a few more times, then they start getting triggered. I don't know what is discussed, but maybe something is a little bit fear mongering ish. And, and so if they were to join a group like yours of carnivores, it would be a lot more level ground of healing, if that makes sense. And people aren't struggling with, oh, I had such a bad day. So I ate just a bunch of pop tarts or a bunch of cupcakes. And then they're now struggling with like the gluten and gluten is a lot more sensitive for SERS people. So it, I, I think it's very much needed. Um, and then you guys are going through it yourself. So it's very relatable and you know how it was for you to process all the information. So you can now, now that you've synthesized it, you can provide that support for our carnivore community. And I think it's really important. So where can people find that uh, group? If you can share a little bit about it. Yeah, you can find us at the It's a circle community. So if you have a circle account, you can log in with that or you can sign up for circle. I know when I first learned about SIRS, I was kind of like, what is this? And is this a real thing? And I ended up just binging like 50 hours of content um, in order to just assimilate it. And 
being the giant nerd that I am, um, I feel like I got a really good understanding of what SIRS is. And then one thing that I do professionally, like in my real life, is I synthesize information and then make it consumable through graphics. Um, so that's something that I really have a passion for and something I've done. And now I've kind of turned that passion into helping people experience SIRS in a way that I didn't get to, uh, meaning we kind of make it easier for them to understand what's going on, what the process is, and then provide backup resources if they want to learn more, um, if they want to have the experience of people who have already gone through the protocol. We have a couple of veterans in the community. We can share our own experience. And it's kind of just like a um, collective environment where we can support each other and really just experience it on a personal level of support. Yeah. And, and, like, and thank you for saying all of that, Judy. Um, I think the carnivore aspect cannot be understated and like, it just, yeah. it, it's really important for people to have that foundation just because carnivore didn't cure the SIRS doesn't mean that it's like, nah, this is stupid. I'm going to go eat a donut. Like it's, you really need to support yourself emotionally and mentally and carnivore will still do that. It will still help you not have mood swings and despair and, you know, all the other things that we saw, you know, I also suffered with, you know, depression, anxiety, other things that I can't, it's, a, it's almost hard for me to remember what depression felt like. Right. That's how far away I am from depression. And I know having carnivore as that like strong foundation is such a big part of that. So we started the group because we, we wanted the group really. I mean, there's the only content on SIRS out there for the most part is almost geared towards practitioners, which is great. I'm glad those resources are available for them, but that doesn't help somebody like me who, you know, I didn't digest the 50 hours that JC did. And she has helped me so much just as a friend, you know, as we've both been kind of going through this, I mean, we were diagnosed like what, like a couple weeks apart, we got our blood work, you know, just a couple weeks apart. So we've been going through a lot of these little moments together. And uh, yeah, so we, yeah, it just, we want to provide the kind of content that we wish that we had when we were first figuring all of this out. And, um, and, and yeah, and that's, that's our, our hope for people is that they actually uh, they, they have a place that they can join that they can go to if they are feeling lost. Like we were, I know the members that have joined already are all super positive. Uh, we've been all like helping each other out. We're all super new. Uh, well, we have a couple of people who are, you know, a little bit more veterans, but like, but yeah, we're, we're just kind of uh, getting through it together. And I, I think that's just a really valuable uh, feeling to have while you're going through it. Yeah. I think the benefit of your group is really to help people know in each step, if they had a question of how am I supposed to feel when I take cholesterol? I mean, wait, should I take it after the meal before the meal? Wait, um, do I have to do the ERMI first or what does the score mean? Or who do I go to? the fact that you have been through it and now you know what all the little steps are within the major steps, it's pretty simple for you. Like what's an army, you know, exactly, but almost everyone that's watching this does not know what an army is. And that that's the true benefit of you. And that those are the most questions I get after, after the blood work. And then the session I have, then it's all these small questions of how do I find a remediator or who do I ask? How should I clean the house? Do I clean the wall? Do I get a, what um, air filter do I get? Do I get a HEPA vacuum? And these little things you've all experienced in your own ways and just sharing your experience with, well, some people may react this way, or this is how you take the wall call. Or I've noticed that maybe eating certain foods before may help. And that's the type of stuff when you're doing this and you're doing it alone becomes super overwhelming. But when you do it in a community with the people that are eating the same exact way or meat based, it becomes a lot more digestible, I guess. For sure. Yeah. hundred percent. I talked to another provider that told me, so on the SIRS diet, they recommend at a later stage, which I don't know why they do that, but they should ultimately at the very beginning recommend diet. Right. But I think it's stage or step 11 or something really far down the lane, when they're trying to rebalance one marker, they start recommending the low amylose diet and the low amylose diet is essentially a low sugar diet. And 
uh, one of the providers told me the carnivore diet is basically the lowest in amylose diet that you can find. And, um, and then the way that it's actually represented is it's the MMP nine marker. So I've noticed that our MMP nine, not everybody is low, but that marker will be low. Now, if you have just general inflammation, that marker will go up too. So if your CRP is high, that marker will be high, but generally I've seen across the average, I've seen that the MMP nine is out of range for some of the carnivore folks, not everyone, but then if it's out of range, it's not that out of range. And um, so I, I have a call with that provider soon. And so it'll be interesting to hear, well, what ranges do you normally see as a non-carnivore? And what's really cool about all of this is several of the surge providers have gotten carnivore cure. So now they're super interested of, wow, your clients are joining my group and they're seem so healthy um, in, in context. And uh, we, we're curious, like, what is this diet? And so people are getting carnivore curious in the service community. And I think it's so awesome if we could bridge that gap for both of our communities. For sure. That's awesome. That would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I will put your group in the link saying I've been recommending it in to my clients as well, because I think it's just a helpful resource when people feel alone and feel lost and feel overwhelmed. GC, you're really good at exp- breaking down science. And then, I mean, Barbara, you're a financial coach. So if anything, you can explain for people, if people are like the ERMI test can be between 150 and 250. So it it can be expensive, right? Well, you can talk through with them or give them tips of, well, here's how maybe you could budget the ERMI versus the Marcons versus any other medication or supplements you have to take. And here's how you can do it. So I think it's a really good support. And honestly, it's, don't go to Starbucks two times. Yeah. <laughs> Skip your daily lattes. Yes. So uh, where can people find you, your social media? And then you've already mentioned the, the, the group, but if you can mention it again. Absolutely. You can find me everywhere at Lady Carnivory and our group is the com. Yes. And I'm at act like Barbara. Uh, on Instagram mostly is the best way um, to find me and then the group.com. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you just being open and vulnerable and sharing your healing journey. I know it's not always the easiest to share, but I mean, I've just talked with you Barbara yesterday and you were, you just want to help people. And I fully understand that. And as you're healing, you, you both want to help other people. And I know otherwise I wouldn't have you on, but I mean, thank you. You know, I appreciate your, your hearts are in the right place. And I mean, we just want our carnivore community to get better. And so that's why we're all here. So I just wanted to share a good resource and share it in a, just a story, right. A story of this is how I found SIRS and what I've been going through. And I'm actually feeling better. And this is the light at the end of the tunnel for some carnivores where meat only is not working and it's not the liver, it's not the carbs, it's not any of these magic tricks on the internet, but it actually may just be a different root cause issue. So thank you. Yeah, thank Thank you. you. (laughs) Okay, guys, I hope that this gave you another color of chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS that I've been talking about on both Nutrition with Judy, as well as on the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. If you feel that you fall into a lot of these categories, but you're feeling it's a little overwhelming or unsure of if this is even the avenue you should pursue, I'd highly recommend just talking with JC and Barbara as their group is a very small nominal fee and they're available to support because their desire is really truly to just help people. So make sure to check out their group. And if you have any questions, they're available as, as am I. If you are not fully getting better on meat only carnivore, and you've been consistent with your diet, I think it's time instead of just trying to carnivore harder or add just one or two supplements, you may just want to look a little deeper and look for a different root cause. JC has also written a full SIRS blog post, introductory blog post, which I think is really good. It is hosted on the nutrition with Judy website. I will also put that in the link. So if you want to look into the educational piece a little bit more. And it kind of gives you a taste of the content and knowledge that JC and Barbara both have. So you can also look at that blog post just to get a better understanding of SIRS. So I will link to all the information down below. Okay, guys, make sure to eat a lot of meat. Take care of your bodies because it is the only place you have to live. I will talk to you later. Bye, guys.
Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com slash groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.